Welcome to Piece of the Puzzle, a podcast exploring the mysteries of midlife dating with your host, Anita. Part 1. Imagine this. It's a good old BC before COVID days. And you've been chatting to a guy on an app for a couple of days and you both decide that it's time to meet up. So you agree to meet at a bar and when you meet, it all seems pretty good. He seems like a nice enough guy. You start talking But then you soon realise that every time he's about to reveal some less than appealing aspect of his life, he prefaces it with a rather distinctive catchphrase. A piece of the puzzle, I just recently separated from my wife. I mean, that's okay. A lot of people have split up from their partners. That's why they're on the apps. Not too bad so far. A piece of the puzzle, I've just moved in with my mother as I'm about to be made redundant. So he's about to lose his job. We all fall on hard times, but I don't know. The thought of meeting mumsies when you go back to his house after a night out. And then came the clincher. Piece of the puzzle. I have to get going because I'm due in court early in the morning. I'm in the middle of a custody battle over my children. Well, welcome everybody to episode number six, where we're going to be looking at single parenting and midlife dating. Now, it is, as you heard, also the time for the big reveal of how the podcast got its name. That scenario at the top of the podcast did actually happen to me. I did go on a date with a piece of the puzzle guy. I wonder how many other people have gone on a date with him. I'm sure I'm sure he would have used that catchphrase many times. Uh, and yeah, every time he was about to say something that was you know, not not the most appealing part of him. He would say, piece of the puzzle. Uh, and so it got to a point that each time he would say, I would like shudder a little bit because I'd think what's about to come out now. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, he left the day early because he had a custody battle for over his kids the next day in court. And we didn't catch up for a second date. I mean, everyone goes through tough times, but I just think when you're going through that many changes in life, why don't you just sort out your, your stuff first before you get on the dating apps? Um, so welcome everyone to this episode. Now it's also going to be the last episode of the season. Um, what's a season? I hear you ask. I have no idea. I just know that I need a little bit of a a break from the podcast uh, because of a lot of things happening in my personal life. I am going to be working a lot in the next uh, couple of months. So as much as I love doing this podcast, I do know that it's something that I just have to have a bit of a break from to have uh, to exercise a bit of self-care. So yeah, that's uh, the plan is to have a rest and we'll talk a little bit more about it at the end of the episode. But I, yeah, I do want to do a season two, whether it's about midlife dating or not is up in the air. I wouldn't mind looking at other aspects of life. I've got some, some ideas, um, but I also want to hear from you about what you've loved about the podcast or what you would like to have heard more of and yeah, get your feedback like an evaluation form you know those evaluation forms that no one fills in at the end of training <laughs> um it's yeah like that um, so yes, yeah, so welcome to the podcast and um, thank you again to all the people who've joined from all around the world wow we've got more listeners a thousand downloads and in 17 countries so it's just um, getting bigger and bigger so what does one do when it gets bigger one stops recording the podcast Um, 
maybe not the most strategically sound decision, but I, I'm a big fan of listening to your gut and your body and just working out what's the right thing to do. And for me, it's to have a little rest. So um, yeah, I've really enjoyed recording the podcast so far and just um, really appreciated all the people who have put their voices to this podcast and come along for the journey as well. It's been really beautiful to be doing. So by the time you get to midlife, we really do split a little bit between the haves and the have-nots, i.e. the have kids or the don't have kids. And it there's a there's a bit of a chasm that that uh, seems to emerge between people who have kids and people who don't have kids when you get to midlife. I think when you're in your 20s and early 30s, you know, there's still the possibility of having kids and lots of people haven't had kids yet. But by the time you get to midlife, you really have in some ways, um, not always, but cemented some of those choices. Uh, And I'm going to talk a little bit about what it's like to date when you don't have kids and you're in midlife. So I don't have kids. Um, I really wanted to have kids and I just didn't meet anyone who I wanted to have kids with. And so I tried to have a child alone and I wasn't um, successful, unfortunately, in going down that path. So for me, you know, it's quite a fraught area. It still brings up a bit of pain to, you know, not have kids when I wanted them Uh, and then suddenly to be dating men who for the most part a lot of the men who I seem to meet have kids it brings up a whole range of issues Um, but you know the the demographic of people who don't have kids is incredibly complex and and uh, diverse so there are people who you know don't want to have kids for a whole lot of really valid reasons, whether it's environmental, the world is already overpopulated, or whether it's just that they don't want that particular lifestyle. And then there's people who don't have kids, but maybe who wanted to have kids. And and I have to say, as someone who has dated uh, men who've got kids and men who haven't got kids and don't want kids, it's it's it brings up a lot of interesting issues. So uh, early on, like I'd say about maybe 10 years ago, I dated two guys who both had kids and I really loved the fact that they were dads. Like I, they, um, it really seemed to have opened up this beautiful part of them to, to be a father. Um, but it was also really complicated. So, uh, both of them had quite acrimonious relationships with their exes. Um, they didn't want me to meet their kids for a period of time until they knew, uh, that it was going to be a kind of a solid relationship. And I was the first girlfriend with both of them straight after the relationship had broken down. Uh, and, and you're not, you don't have um, as much time, I guess, to spend with them. They both had young kids. And I guess there's always this feeling that you, you feel like, well, I felt, and this is not what everyone feels, and you'll hear that, hear that in this podcast, um, I felt a little bit like an outsider, like you're, you're never going to be the kind of primary um, unit, family unit with this this person. They've already had that, They've got, and their first priority is their child, which is totally understandable um and so you're you're never going to be someone's first priority and I don't say say that to kind of get the little violins out but it, it is a it brings up a, a lot of tricky issues and they're things that have to be worked through and I wanted to um air this podcast not just for people who are single parents which I'll get to in a moment but for people who don't have kids who are dating people who are single parents um to help them hear the voices of people who are in a similar position uh and then on the flip side you know my last 
partner didn't want to have kids and I remember the two of us were sitting at a table having lunch and I talk a lot <laughs> which might not surprise you given I've got a, a podcast but I um, I thought you know I wonder what would happen if I just didn't talk all the time so I this will people will find this hard to believe but I stopped talking and it was just total silence the two of us were just sitting there eating our lunch in total silence and I had this premonition of our life in 10 years time of just this total silence at, at every meal and I you know what I love I love kids like I've always loved kids it's my I live in this apartment complex where they're gorgeous kids and my favorite part of living in the complex is these kids I even love the sound in the morning I, I can hear at six in the morning the kids downstairs like running around and I love that sound you know because I'm like that's so sweet that they've got that much energy and everything and I really it made me really sad he told me on his on our very first date he said in about 10 different ways that he did not want to have kids and for some reason I just thought yeah he just doesn't want to have kids with all the other ex-partners he's had but you know he'll want to have kids with me Uh, and he really didn't and he said on our last time he said I told you I did not want to have kids and it's like okay yeah fair enough you did tell me that but I just cannot imagine a life without that vibrancy that kids bring and I don't think that has to be biological kids I I, you know I love the idea of fostering or adopting and um or yeah lots of different variations of of having a um of having kids in in your life but that's just my experience and what we're going to hear in part two is a whole variety of different stories. So from someone who doesn't want to have kids just because they don't particularly want that lifestyle, which I totally get and respect, Uh, someone who has fostered, uh, someone who didn't have kids and started dating someone who uh, was a single parent um, and then they became parents together uh, and in a blended family to... um, people who are single parents who are trying to date and some of the issues and complications that come up from that. We're going to hear that variety of voices, which is really, I love, I love hearing those different perspectives. And then for part three, we're going to hear our success story, which is a couple who met, uh, she did not have kids and didn't want to necessarily have her own biological kids, but wanted to have kids in her life. And he um, was a single dad and they met online and um, they've got a beautiful blended family together. So we'll hear their story. Part two. I did date someone for a while that had kids and I really loved the kids. And I still remember the nine-year-old daughter asked me to a vampire party, (laughs) which was really fun. Um, And I was dressing up and her dad was also dressing up, who I was dating at the time. And um, I put a, you know, a lot of effort into my costume and I um, wore a cape and I had fangs and like pretend blood dripping down one side of my face. Um, I still remember arriving and none of the other adults were wearing costumes. (laughs) It was really embarrassing. Um, And he had said that he was going to wear a costume, but he was busy talking to a parent. And so I walked in and and also the ex was um, watching me as I walked in because she already knew all of the parents. I didn't really come up and say hello or anything like that, but... um, remained talking in the corner, eyeing me off. 
Um, and so I waited until he had finished um, he had finished talking and, and said to him, I, I thought you were going to wear a costume as well. And he was like, I am. And I, he's like, we'll get changed later. I'm like, no, you need to get changed now. I had my sexy vampire costume on with my stockings and all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, it was just very interesting because um, she obviously felt a little bit, the ex obviously felt a bit threatened by me over the course of the night. Um, I did hear my name get mentioned as I walked past one time when she was talking to a friend very quietly. Um, and yeah, at the end of the night, like all the, I don't know, all the kids and everything were, um, I don't know, having some sort of sleepover. And I was sitting outside with the other parents and including him and I was snuggling with him on one side and she was sitting on the other side. Um, and yeah, she was quite a narky lady not very nice at all so it was quite uncomfortable i was kind of jealous of the fact that she had a much closer relationship with the kids than i probably could ever have because she was their mother that makes it very difficult because you always feel a little bit like an outsider i guess dating with kids is for me you know it was a first three years ago right like i'd become separated and i'm you know i've dated before over, over the years but all of a sudden dating with kids it's it's different you know there's no doubt about it you know um maybe not in the first date or two or maybe not even if you don't think about it but essentially um you know long term it's something that's a big part of your identity in your world um i guess initially um, i found it quite positive because i was relating and talking to other uh, mum uh, other parents in this case you know talking to mums and i felt that we could have relate because we both we both might be time poor so you know that might initially i thought might um help understand that hey you know i'm only free like twice this week or next week i'm only free this time so initially it sort of came as a bit of a comfort and it was a kind of positive and felt like i was relating to other parents um Having said that, you know, you just keep an open mind. Um, I also had one incident on Hinge where I was chatting to a girl and it was going really well. And then, then um, I'd mentioned that, you know, oh, no, I don't think I'll probably catch up, you know, next week. I've got my daughter who's blah, blah, blah. And, um, and this girl said, what? You have kids? I could never date anyone with kids. And I was like, oh, really? I think it's in my profile. And, you know, it, like I said, it was it was, um, it was on a dating site that I'd only just really had a look at and got onto it. So even though it was on there, it hadn't showed up. And I remember at one stage, you know, um, she wasn't thrilled about that. And I said, well, you know, so that was a learning. So I guess, you know, it is an important thing that people know um, where you're at. Something that is, a, you know, it is a big thing because, like I said, you might not always be available, particularly in that early stages where you know you might be dating and you're not going to introduce your kids to someone unless you know it was however long you decide down the track and it's developing into a significant relationship so um you know i personally you know would be open to someone with or without kids but i think it is a it's a bit like in the value set political ideas you know it's a big one right you know we kind of we i think if you know that you can sort of then go in exploring what that might be in a perfect world, I'd prefer not to date somebody that has children. And for me, that's just because I have chosen to not have children and to uh, live a life where I'm basically the cool auntie and I've got lots of really great relationships with children, but that it's not a part of my day-to-day -day life in terms of how I spend time or allocation of resources and being able 
just all of those things. It's just, it's just a choice that I've made. I've just never had the urge to have children and it's, it's just never happened. Um, as in the urge has just never kicked in. Everyone promised it would. And now it's like, <laughs> that time is kind of gone. And for me, I would prefer to date somebody without children that, and I, and this may mean that I'm single forever and so be it, but that shares the same, I guess, lifestyle and can relate to what it's like to be child-free as well because I feel like the, d- the default is often considered to be a parent. So there are lots of ways that parents and, you know, mothers in, in mothers specifically aren't uh, thought of when things are being designed and all of those sorts of things. But there's another level where being a mother often is shorthand for being a woman. And because I've decided not to have children, and in part that's because I, I believe people when they say parenting is hard. I'm, I, I believe them and I don't want to do it. And so I... There would be something a little bit strange for me about being with somebody that's got children and has to do all of the things that come with having children and but not having children myself. I, it's just I've, I've chosen to have a child-free lifestyle and I, in an ideal world, would prefer to be able to keep that and to have somebody that if I had a partner, we could relate to each other about what it's like to live child-free and, you know, some of the social exclusion that comes with that. I was going through um, different profiles and I came across a profile of my partner, Brett, and uh, there was this, when I saw his photos, uh, there was this feeling in my chest that I felt and I just couldn't stop looking at the photo and I decided I'm going to connect with him and we've started uh, chatting Um, he asked me questions about uh, myself and uh, my daughter and uh, we decided that we were going to just have a date and meet each other so we've I think we first realized that we have very similar parenting values and both of us had um, shared custody and um, especially for Brett, he's, um, um, he has 50% of uh, the care of his boys, which is, can, can be sometimes unusual, unusual for men. Um, so um, just getting to know our values in terms of of parenting and what's important and on the practical level are finding days where we would be both available to meet without kids that was uh, that was a little bit of a challenge for us um, because we did not want to involve kids uh, at the beginning Um, I think I'm it was around two months two or three months into our us dating where one of Brett's friend, uh, friends um, decided that, uh, you know, he could arrange for us to meet with the kids in the neutral setting. Um, and he invited me and my daughter over to their place and they have two children and 
um, their kids are Brett's kids' friends um, and they also have a swimming pool. So they, they uh, organised like a barbecue and uh, pool party for the kids. Um, and that's when we're, um, I met Brett's kids and Brett met my daughter in a very neutral setting. Um, the kids get along. Actually, they get along really well. Uh, and, and, and we are blending uh, our fa families. Um, and we're actually doing a corona blending because COVID-19 and the lockdowns um, kind of moved us in that direction. Um, there are different dynamics at play and with kids, you know, finding a place in that new dynamic where I belong, it's, uh, it has been challenging, um, but also beautiful at the same time. And I remember when I was considering um, looking for a partner that there was massive part of me feeling that no one will date someone with kids. And yeah, I found myself challenged with my with with this belief system, um, and um, and I realized that yes, there probably will be people out there who don't want to date um, people with kids or single parents, which is um, totally perfect and fine. But there will also be people who will be very very open to it. Uh, so just allow yourself to uh, to trust that there are people uh, who will be open to having a or building a relationship or dating someone who has kids. We just we had the best dating life. Like it was so. Um, Ned had kids, so he had them during the week, but also every second weekend. So it was just the perfect arrangement for me because I knew that every second week was completely mine. I could just live my life as I was living it before. Um, I really liked that. Um, I liked that freedom. He lived on the other side of the city. So uh, we kept our relationship to ourselves. So it's not that we're meant to be secretive about it, but we just wanted to enjoy each other and didn't want everyone else's viewpoint of what was going on we just did day trips we went to gigs we did all sorts of stuff and it was just so much fun um and then i got pregnant <laughs> and so that, um yeah so that all came crashing down um yeah we just had some pretty big decisions to make um and we decided to um keep two trajectories going so we decided that we really wanted we had to take seriously what we were going to do with our lives together and plan for this child and our lives together. But at the same time, we really wanted to keep enjoying our relationship and just that fun side of it. So we tried to sort of keep those two things going. Um, but yeah, it was, and we did it for a bit, but you know, life does get really serious once you start. Um, yeah. Having kids. And then now I look at our lives. And it's so different. So we've now got, two kids together plus Ned's uh, two daughters. from So there's four kids all up. We drive a Kia Carnival. Um, we've now got a dog. So life is just hectic and crazy and, um, yeah, but also, you know, fun and, um, yeah, but it's just so different from where we started. Ned's uh, ex-wife has just been really supportive of me and the two boys we've brought into the family. Um, Ned's girls are amazing. 
So it's so none of my pro, the difficulties relate to that. It's just really complex um, being the second family or being an outsider who comes into an already existing family. Um, so and also just raising a new family into one that already exists. Just it's really hard to explain why it is difficult. And what I would recommend to anyone who is sort of in those early stages of considering that is there are heaps I've found really helpful. There's a bunch of Instagram accounts. I'm sure there's, they're on other social media as well, but I follow the Instagram accounts with step, mostly step mothers. Um, and I've found a little community of support there. It's just, there's just so much complexity to it that you can't, just can't even imagine. So, you know, I was, 40 when I met Ned and I was 41 and 43 when I, when we had our two kids and so I and I'd been single for most of my life so I was used to having a lot of autonomy making decisions for myself um having and control can be seen as a negative word but I don't think it is but just having control over my life and where it was heading um and then to have that is just so much of that is taken away from you when you come in when you meet someone who has kids because there are so many different people who have an influence and a say over your life so there was a really big decision that I was there was something I was trying to shift in our family life and it was the night that we had the girls so the night during the week that we had the girls was really a difficult night for all of us and so I was trying to change that to a night that would suit everyone and I had to convince Ned took me six months to sort of lay out the pros of that and so finally he could see it and so then he had to raise it um with his ex-wife and she had to raise it because it had an impact on her boyfriend's situation because he also had kids so then he had to talk to his ex-wife so i something that was so big in my life the decision was being made by my partners, ex-wives, new boyfriends, ex-wife. <laughs> and eventually it happened. Yeah, my, my advice to anyone who's dating a single parent is to not rush into meeting the kids because once you are in the kids' lives, um, there's no going back. And so you sort of, you miss that dating period where it's just the two of you and you get all those fun experiences. So um, I wouldn't rush it. Like just, just chill and, and just enjoy it for what it is. Two of the guys I've been chatting with recently um, are both dads. And one of my friends asked me if it was, you know, am I intentionally leaning towards dads? And it's like, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it in that way. But I'm 35. I don't have biological children. Uh I happen to know that I will probably have difficulty getting pregnant if it is something that I pursue uh, at some point in my life. Um, so I'm aware that if I'm matching with guys who want children and don't have them, they are, they are probably looking for something that I can't give them. And that, that particular piece is doubly hard for me because I am actually very passionate about parenting and I'm passionate about fostering and adopting. And I have been a foster parent with my ex-partner. We were foster parents together. And I 
I'm actually quite committed to that being a part of my life again, fostering or adopting, regardless of what my relationship status is. Um, but, but the dominant narrative in our culture is that family and children are made through biology. And I'm aware that I'm losing my ability to meet the expectations that many men have for a long-term partner. Uh, I am open to dating someone with kids. I would love to date someone who has kids, um, has kids and loves having kids. I don't want to date someone who is annoyed with their ch children or someone who's not active. If I date someone with kids, I want to date someone who's actively involved in parenting their children. Um, at the same time, I've thought a bunch about this because it hasn't happened yet, but I've thought a bunch about at what point do I actually think it's appropriate for me to be introduced to someone's kids? And the answer is like, no time soon. <laughs> no time soon. Part three. Okay, I guess my approach was, um, um, in, like I've worked for a recruitment company for 15, 15 plus years. And I'm a background as a, as a psychologist. So I'm, I'm there going, right, well, put those two together. So when I was approaching dating after, uh, like online, I was there going, look, I'm going to cast a wide net. I'm going to screen people. I'm going to give them a chance um, to see what, how, how I like if they like me and if I like them. And so, like, some people you're going to meet and it's a bad experience. Well, it's so what? It's not. It's not that they're bad or you're bad. It's just that you you know you don't work together. I think. Well, I became very protective of uh, my kids. So in other words, if I was dating someone, it'd be right. Well, they would have to be. You know, they first up. I'm not gonna. You know, lie. They don't have kids. I'm gonna explain that. I was quite open straight from. You know, the online profile. I've got kids so I have them half the time here's what I'm looking for I'm looking for you know a, a partner um, that understands this um, so putting the expectation out there was was pretty there um, then it was a case of well look I will probably uh, go through the dating process was probably about the same but when they meet the kids was kind of like you've got to be you know um, someone that I want to introduce my kids because they will uh, develop a relationship with you and you know my kids are quite social so I didn't want to basically introduce uh, people or, you know women to my kids uh, that are my partners and for them to you know not be there sometime after that mm. so it was kind of like you've got to be semi-serious before you introduce uh, or I, I thought introduce someone to uh, um, my kids yeah, I think um, I liked her profile. Um, I think she was uh, in it. She was hanging upside down, doing you know, like falling over a rope, and then I was looking at her, her uh, reading her profile and going, I like her values. She was actually working across the other side of the airport where. Uh, from where I work in Fairburn. So it was kind of like, I'll come and pick you up. And, you know, sort of like she came down to the car and went to get on the other side. 
and of course the door was locked and I, I, I didn't know where the bloody door unlocked thing was. So it's like I'm banging on buttons uh, on, the, on the dashboard and then I eventually found a letter in. So it was a good start to the day. Uh, I'd been on quite a few dates prior to that and it was pretty easy going. Um, we went uh, around the corner. So we went to a um, uh, Gallagher estate and it was kind of like, had a, it was kind of had a cheese board and a glass of wine and I was kind of there going, well, look, uh, I don't know how it's going to go. So I'll sandwich this between a couple of meetings that I supposedly had um, for a quick lunch. But it was, it was, it was I, I thought the date was quite pleasant. And I thought, um, you know, it's one of those things that you you pick up on the manners and how she she interacted with other people. And, you know, you're, you're having a joke with the waiting stuff. She was relaxed. I was relaxed. Uh, it seemed at the time. Uh, later on, apparently, she, you know, she disclosed to me that she was, you know, um, not not 100% headspace, but uh, uh, I was quite. I thought I was quite relaxed, and I thought that the conversation was quite good. And there was enough, I guess, surface conversation as well as deep conversation. Does that make sense? Um, so it wasn't all flippant stuff, and it was really finding out about each other. Let's see. We moved in. It would be about. I think two years and probably about three months, I think. Um, and we sort of, yeah, it has been because we um, we met and we decided to buy together after about a year or just over a year, I think we moved into this place. So, um, and it sort of, it all sort of, one of those things, it, it happened. Uh, it happened well and it wasn't a massive amount of thought uh, from my perspective about it. It just um, it, it came together. Um, my dating history midlife um, began after my ex and I separated. So um, we'd been together and, and married uh, over approximately 15 years. So I was then suddenly facing a world of singledom from a long time of not being single. And um, I just, I suppose, reverted back to what I knew about dating, which is you go out and you meet people and, you know, friends of friends and, and that sort of thing. And um, none of that was particularly successful. It took me a number of years to work that out. It wasn't right for me to find the right person. And from a values perspective, first off, I really wanted somebody who had strong family values, um, which was, I think, a point of difference between um, myself and, and my ex-husband and yeah, any chance I could get to go home or spend time with my family or help my family in any way that was that was really important to me and it was just um, as it turns out it just wasn't quite shared with the same strength so I knew I wanted somebody with that. Um, I was also pretty um, passionate about uh, helping kids and actually took up foster care after my separation so I knew that I wanted to role model and have kids in my life, but I've never been interested in having my own. So somebody that was um, open and honest about where they stood with kids, um, not somebody that was looking to have kids with me, but somebody that would be interested in, again, either fostering or even having kids that I could pay a 
part of in, in their life. So they were two really important things for me. I suppose it's all family, isn't it? But um, the broader family and then also the, the family hub. It was my brother's 40th birthday. I should say it was after my brother's 40th birthday and we're lying around that morning feeling a little bit sore and sorry for ourselves because we'd certainly had a wonderful night. And, um, and he asked me the question, Liz, if you're serious about meeting someone, then why aren't you online? And I'm like, wow, that's a really good question. And, and all I could come up with in that sort of hazy, hungover morning was, well, I suppose I'm, I'm scared of failure. Um, I'm scared of success. And my own ego is getting in my way. And, and when I looked at my brother as I, as I responded, I said, wow, you know, None of them are really good excuses considering that I am quite serious about spending my life with somebody. <laughs> and so he said, Right, Osis, well, about time we get you online then, all words to that effect. So he literally sat there and Googled online dating applications and they went, Ah, oh, you know what? I reckon. You need skin in the game. If you're serious, you need skin in the game. So we're going to go online dating applications that you have to pay for. <laughs> so, so that was his search criteria. And Marcus, my current partner, was somebody that had shown up in one of those very first matches. So when I was sitting there that day with, with my brother, Marcus was one of the people that showed up in that very first match. And so I opened up his profile and I found that he was this guy with a great sense of humour that was happy to... Um, play across the spectrum of romance from uh, I think he said something like I could you know take you to a corporate box at the races or we could just go and have you know a picnic by the beach or something like that like okay yeah there's a bit of spectrum there um he uh he was really open and honest about having his kids and uh the importance in his life of them so I was like, oh, yeah, there's that sort of family values coming through and he's, he's got the kids, so I'll assume there won't be any pressure there for, <laughs> for any more, but that he's putting them out there so he wants somebody that will have, you know, be a part of their lives as well. And so I engaged back with him. My first meet-up, first blind date ever. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> And, uh, and no doubt uh, he's talked you through his, uh, his method, but, but my method in terms of engaging in this new dating online thing had gone as far as actually responding to people online. I had not got to that point of wrapping my head around, what do I do when I meet them? <laughs> so I, I honestly, I, uh, I, was, I was a bit um, frazzled. I was, I was super excited, of course, you know, meeting this new person. Um, and uh, I had been thinking about um, going, going along in just what I would normally wear at work each day and then went, no, that's probably not appropriate. I'll dress up, I'll wear my hair out. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. And um, I went down and he was there early for the date. Um, he had come to pick me up, which was lovely. Uh, he couldn't let me in his car. He couldn't work out how to unlock it. <laughs> so we're having a laugh about that, which was an icebreaker right from the start. Um, and I got an opportunity to see just how cute his smile was too. And, um, and he took me on a lovely date. But I was in my head. 
I, I was so surface level being so conscious about this first date and how's it going to go and I suppose the the judgment I had on myself and also on like is there a connection (laughs) that internal chatter and so as marvelous as he had been in organizing it and being early and dressed immaculately he just had on the most gorgeous suit and um, obviously you know put in effort um me being up in my head it was it was like it felt a really average date and I I didn't feel a connection and I sort of went back to work I went ah that was a bit that was a bit average my feelings were a reflection of my actions and my behaviors and I just had a mask up and, and, and a wall up. And of course there was no connection because I didn't allow for it. I was just all head talk, no heart. And um, so when I got home, I wrote a text to Marcus and I basically said what I wish I had of been free and open and honest about um, during the date, which was, well, wow, I love that you showed up early and you were dressed immaculately. And the fact that you couldn't get me into the car at first and we had to fumble around working out how to unlock it while you're while we sitting there at idle and we just had a laugh about it. That was a total icebreaker and you've got a gorgeous smile. And by the way, thank you for taking me to this amazing restaurant. It was really lovely. And the fact that we shared a meal and got to know each other, I'm really, really appreciative of. I've got to let you know that I feel that I didn't show up as my best self and I feel that I had some walls up and I'm really sorry about that. The next thing, Marcus calls me. Yeah, so as, as a woman that didn't have kids to then start dating a guy who has 50% custody of his kids and working out, I suppose, where do I fit in the picture and um, how's it going to go with the kids and how's it going to go with Marcus and, and how's it going to go with his ex as well. Um, there are all those sort of things that I, I suppose were definitely um, playing in, in my mind. Um, and we didn't rush meeting the kids, but we didn't sort of delay either. We just sort of let it roll naturally. Uh, but I do recall when I first met them, um, Marcus had said that they were going to have the chance to meet me. Um, but his daughter, when she opened the door, she's like, oh, are you any babysitter? The really beautiful thing about, I think, our relationship and when I say that I mean our family relationship and also with um, with the children's mother is that she the children's mother she had um, uh, step parents so her parents separated um, and both repartnered and I've had the opportunity to have some just absolutely gorgeous conversations with her about what her step parents brought to her life and how she appreciates that I'm bringing a different perspective to the kid's life. So that, I've got to say, um, has made things a lot easier than what they may have otherwise been, as I'm sure you can appreciate. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily see it as a challenge dating uh, Marcus you know, and, and, and him having kids, um, aside from just my... Uh, trying to get my calendar organised just to understand when it was. Um, That that was probably the biggest challenge about it because um, I I love the fact that he's got 50% custody. I think he's he's an amazing father. I'm I'm, I'm 
really grateful that he's got that opportunity with the kids and they've got that that time with him as well. Um, and so I, I suppose the, the challenge um, did become once I had been introduced to the kids and they got over the fact that, no, I wasn't their babysitter, I was their dad's partner, um, and, and they sort of came to terms with me being around a little bit more and they didn't have as much time with dad as what they were used to because I was, I was there. Um, but we're now at a point where uh, I've sort of asked, you know, are you our stepmom and can we call you stepmom and those sort of things. So uh, it's now at a point where we, we live together. Um, we have the kids in, in our house um, 50% of the time. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's turned into that stepmom relationship, which then comes with the challenges of you know, this year homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> in Canberra dealing with smoke and now you can't go out and run around kids <laughs> and having to uh, and, and sometimes be you know, another one of those parent figures as opposed to their friend, as opposed to their babysitter. <laughs> um, look, I, I think for me it was just understanding and, and I suppose because it's something that was really important to me that his kids were his main priority, um, just understanding that even as you know, a, a potential partner, um, they're not the main priority. The kids have, I feel, have always got to be that. Um, uh, in, in due course, uh, the kids will move out of home <laughs> in 12 years' time will be kid-free. Oh, that's a long time. <laughs> you know, then, then we'll be with each other and we'll have each other's um, priority. But these kids, they are, um, you know, Marcus's most precious things. And I tell you what, they're, they're, they're my most precious things now as well. They're, they're just so important. So just recognising where we stand as partners versus the kids. And it's, um, for me, it wasn't anything to be jealous about or concerned about. It was something to really honour and, and respect. When I was recording this episode, I really wanted to make sure that I was considering the concept of single parenting, not just from the perspective of the parent, but also people who are not parents and what it's like to be dating someone who is a single parent. Uh, And I also wanted to explore the concept of parenting, not just from the idea of someone being a biological parent, but also fostering and adopting. Um, And what I've really loved in this episode has been the diversity of voices, uh, and it's been a constant theme throughout this season. And I think what I've taken away from this episode is that there is a level of added complexity when you are dating someone who has um, kids, who's a single parent. Uh, and sometimes you can feel a little bit like an outsider initially, but that those uh, experiences are, are not insurmountable and that there can be some really beautiful uh, shared experiences that comes from being in a blended family uh, as long as all the kind of the partners in the relationship are are supportive and also interestingly those outside the relationship as well for example ex-partners it sounds like that makes a a big difference to um, how easy it is to navigate dating um, and single parenting. 
I also wanted to include the voices of people who don't have kids and what the perspective is like for them because I think there can often be some stereotypical assumptions about, for example, why someone doesn't have kids or the fact that they um, are selfish for not wanting to have kids. And um, it's really hard to grapple with. And uh, I loved hearing those really just vulnerable, beautiful experiences that those people had shared. Uh, You know, often people who don't have kids still really love kids. (laughs) There's just a whole lot of reasons why they don't have them. Um, But they also might quite rightly uh, choose not to have kids in their life and so not want to date someone who has kids. And I, I think that was really good to hear that perspective. So that's the end of the season. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, If you have feedback, could you please email me at pieceofthepuzzlepodcast at gmail.com or send me a message or a post on Facebook or Instagram. I wouldn't bother about Twitter because I very rarely use it, but it would be really great just to help me understand why people have enjoyed it or what they would have liked to have heard more of. That would be really great. Uh, And I guess my final message is actually one that is a little bit unexpected, which is that I think the biggest takeaway I've had from this whole uh, season has been that actually life is beautiful and full whether or not you meet someone or not. So uh, I started off recording this podcast because I was horrified at the idea of not being able to date during the pandemic, which at that stage could have been, you know, and, and still could be. 18 months duration Um, but what I've learned and what I come out at the end of it is that actually my life is rich and full Um, I've had an amazing period of time getting to connect with all sorts of people uh, and being very creative and productive uh, and it hasn't involved dating anyone and so I definitely don't want anyone to think that the takeaway from this season or this whole podcast is that you need to date someone to have a full and rich um, and complete life because I don't think that's the case I think we can celebrate all forms of of life and that might be that you're dating or that you're in a relationship or that you're single and I hope we can celebrate all those forms so thank you very much take care and thank you so much for your support and for joining me bye you've been listening to piece of the puzzle a podcast exploring the mysteries of midlife dating hosted by Anita Platformers half past ten I counted down the seconds For you to ring that bell You promised me it seemed me I counted on your word I gave up all those diamonds For your promise of pearls You've done me wrong